Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning, folks. Friday, January the 5th, No Filter Friday. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Mike Haas, voice of the New Orleans Saints. We'll talk about the Saints' last game for this season, uh, regular season, I should say, at the Caesars Superdome with a win and a Buccaneer loss and a couple of other things that have to happen. There's a strong possibility the Saints could end up in the playoffs, and uh, we have just as much of a right to be there as anyone else. So we're pulling for the Saints this Sunday in the Caesar Superdome. Dave Haydell joins us, owner of Haydell's Bakery. Tomorrow, January 6th, King's Day, is when uh, typically the King Cakes uh, come out to market. We'll talk about what he's facing this year. It's kind of a short season. We have an early Mardi Gras, so we'll talk about those challenges. Tantron releases a new podcast, A Sobering Moment, puts a New Orleans Police Department homicide detective on the path of sobriety. Very well done. Look forward to having that conversation with Ton. Folks, you know how I feel about the military. You know uh, I um, love the men and women that serve our country, that uh, make the sacrifices necessary for us to enjoy the privileges that we have in our life and the freedom that we enjoy each and every day and of course today would be no different we are blessed with the uh our guest next is colonel sean ryan retired he's the director of communications for army emergency relief a little bit about the colonel 25 years of active duty and his last duty station was the director of communications for the u.s space command he also served as a Department of Defense spokesman for the conflict in Iraq and Syria and worked as a senior public affairs officer in Baghdad for the Combined Joint Forces. He is a course director and lead instructor at the Defense Information School, and he's also a recipient of the prestigious General Douglas MacArthur Leadership Award. Colonel Ryan, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for your service, uh, and Happy New Year. Hi, Noel. Thank you so much for having me today and uh, being able to talk to your listeners. I, I truly appreciate it. I know that uh, uh, we've been trying to get uh, our schedules to jive for about a month now, and I'm, I'm so glad that we're able to pull it off because the programs that are offered to those in active military coming out, coming back home, I think are key uh, in so many ways in recognizing the sacrifices that the men and women make to our country Army Emergency Relief, if you would, tell us what the mission is. Sure. You know, the military is a very unique profession, and uh, soldiers are away from their home a lot and, and definitely face different challenges than, than most professions. But at Army Emergency Relief, our mission is to help relieve the financial stress of soldiers and their families because we understand that even the toughest soldiers who defend and protect our great nation face unexpected challenges in life. And so through our program, we offer grants and zero interest loans and those times of need, especially uh, natural disasters, 
uh, emergency travel, and any time a family has to relocate. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine, um, you know, you, you're overseas, you're serving or whatever, and we have a hurricane. Your family obviously uh, wants the leadership uh, of that individual that's serving in the military to also be at home, and they're not there. <laughs> and in many cases, they're not allowed to come home, and in other cases, it may be months afterwards that they ever uh, get an opportunity to come back, depending on the nature of the area of the, country, of the world that they're serving, right? No, that's totally correct. And uh, Army Emergency Relief has been around and official nonprofit of the U.S. Army since 1942. Uh, we're dealing now with the uh, Fort Campbell area tornadoes. And uh, for an example, we've assisted over 700 soldiers and families there. And, of course, some of them are not there. They're on missions in other places of the world. So I think it's a really great feeling as a service member when you know that you know, the Army Emergency Relief has your back uh, when you're deployed somewhere and, and you could possibly have lost everything, or at least it, it definitely puts your family in a very uh, strange predicament with maybe half the roof blown off or something like that. So we'll go in there and, and we will help those families out. Now, you guys are not for profit, right? And y'all, uh, uh, but you're affiliated with the military. Sure. So we're, we are the official nonprofit of the U.S. Army, uh, but a lot of our arm extends uh, to the Army leadership. They, they sit on our boards, uh, but, and we've been doing this, as I mentioned, since 1942. So we're independent, but we do have a regulation that falls under the Army as well. Colonel Ryan, uh, what is the source of y'all's funds? Is it donations by the general public? It is. It's all donations. Uh we receive very generous donations from active duty service members, uh, a lot from retirees, and, of course, from great Americans uh, around the country. And for the benefit of our listening audience, if, there, if someone is interested in making a donation, how would they connect up with your organization? Sure. It's, it's very easy, and probably our website is the best way uh, to go on there, and it's www.aerhq dot org or org so there's a, a couple of different donate buttons on there and uh, again we service uh, usually average over 30,000 soldiers and families a year uh, we also do college scholarships for army spouses and children and we probably average around 3,500 scholarships a year for them uh, because we know it's difficult when you move uh, your spouse may be in the middle of a course or something like that and uh, we will help them continue their education so there's a lot of, we have over 30 different categories of support that we help throughout the Army. Colonel, would you say that again, 30,000 families a year, y'all assist? Yes. Matter of fact, in, in 2023, we assisted 31,500. So, but we've been averaging over 30,000 the last five years. Uh, that that number's huge. Um and just to kind of put it things is. in con context, um, how many folks do we have, uh, do you know, I know some of it is secret, but for the most part, how many troops do we have overseas at the, at the present time, not readily available to their families uh, right now? I mean, it's, it's tens of thousands, not to get into specific numbers, uh, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people, and it's recurrent deployments, it's also training uh, for right. sometimes before you deploy, you, you, you could be out for three to four months training. 
so, and, and I just want to let the folks know that, you know, the contributions have an immediate and direct impact on the soldier programs. And of course, they, they cover unmet medical needs and, and emergency situations. So we truly appreciate all the support we receive from everyone. Absolutely. Um, and obviously, um, right now, um, there's probably going to be a need to, I mean, everybody's on high alert, not to get into the, the weeds here, but two different conflicts going on in two different parts of the world, and obviously a lot of strain on our uh, military defense, our defense systems at the present time. There is, and, you know, we're just coming off uh, 20 years of, of conflict in Afghanistan and Iraq as well, and it seems like there's there's something new that, that brews up that AR is, is always around uh, to help out their soldiers and the family when they need it. So that's why the donations are, are so important because you never know when an emergency is going to come. So, I mean, that's, that's why we're here. And, you know, we're trying to remain one of the stabilizing forces when, when soldiers do need that help. Yeah. You know, it's, I guess there's a sense of frustration if they don't have an organization like yours that, 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 jumps right on these challenges and i guess that's the key is timing right being in a position to be able to respond quickly because we need them to focus on preservation of life not only theirs but everyone else in their unit and otherwise uh with every mission that they when they deploy no you're you're totally correct i mean we have 69 different locations uh worldwide and we also work very closely with the red cross if that service member or their family is not near a military installation because we understand that, you know, there's folks out there that are on recruiting duty and other things in the Army that you may not be too close to a military installation. So they can reach out also through the Red Cross uh, or call one of those locations and to receive assistance. And I guess this, you, you, you mentioned recruiting. I, I have to imagine that the service that's provided by you is a key element, key component uh, in when you're talking to potential recruits to come into the military to know uh, that there's an infrastructure there to take care of their family. No, you're, you're correct. I mean, it's, it's kind of an unwritten benefit because every four years there's around 250,000 new soldiers entering into the army. Uh, so it's, it's again, a benefit that uh, you hope not to use it, but it's there for you when you need it. And that's why we, we kind of say it's soldiers helping soldiers. And uh, that's why a lot of our internally, the, the active duty soldiers contribute. And then, of course, once you retire, the retirees know what a great service it is, and, and they give back to their community as well. Colonel, uh, what would be one of the biggest challenges for your organization? I think definitely the information flow, uh, because... As I mentioned, when you have so many new soldiers coming in and then soldiers either retiring or getting out of the Army, uh, it's safe to say, you know, you think that they know that Army Emergency Relief is there for them, but information is key. So it's, it's a constant education piece uh, to get this information out, to, to know that they're aware of, of what we offer. What we don't want them to do is AR offers zero interest loans. Um, not too many folks are offering that, minus moms and dads out there. Uh, we don't want them to go outside and, and get a high interest rate for something that they could get for free through Army Emergency Relief. 
Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not going to find zero interest loans in many locations. To say no, like least, I said, right? maybe your, maybe your mom or dad or grandma, but that's probably about it. Yeah, and 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 obviously, you know, the that really helps in in the transition of whatever they're moving from point A to point B and whatever challenge in the challenge they're facing. Sure, and we'll go back to the recruiting piece. You know, some of these soldiers are sent to very high-income areas, uh, Miami, New York City, things of that nature. When you get there, you normally have to pay first and last month's rent. And, and in those areas, it could be you know, anywhere up to $10,000 or more. So Army Emergency Relief will, will help bridge that gap and, and give them those funds until everything accumulates and, and they can either get uh, a zero-interest loan. And then a lot of things we do are also grants. So it's probably about a, a 70 to 30% breakdown of of loans versus grants. So sometimes the money is reverted into a grant to where you don't have to pay it back. So let's expound on that just for a moment, because I think there's a misunderstanding of how the military actually works, whether or not you're in peacetime or wartime. All of the cost of, of sustenance for the soldier and like are not truly covered by the military, right? Some costs are covered up to a certain extent uh, depending on, on where you live. But one thing that happens when you move around a lot is the finances take a while to catch up. So say you, you move to a new location, you know, you have to pay those costs up front and you may not have, like I mentioned, the $10,000 on hand just to pay for, for first and last month's rent. So they can come to army emergency relief and, and we'll help bridge that gap. They will eventually get paid back for most of that, but it may take a couple of months for everything to catch up. So it's almost like a working capital thing that you're providing because the system is so large and so robust that it just it has a hard time keeping up with all of the numbers of people shifting around, not only in this country, but internationally as well. That that's one hundred percent correct. It it just takes time for these systems to catch up, and with all the frequent movements, uh, to include deployments. So you know, once you go to a, a different theater of operations, you know things just take time because you don't have the normal folks on ground that would process that paperwork. So a lot of times they have to be sent back to different areas to process them. So things just take time because we're in a unique profession. And and if if I'm out of the bounds here please say so but you you served over in the middle east and obviously everyone's it's a top of mind issue right now all eyes are on the middle east at at the present time just in a general sense um how concerning is what's actually happening i think it's always concerning and having spent a total of three years living in the middle east um I'm all too familiar with with the situation over there, and you know it it can be a hotbed at times. Uh, there's difference of opinions and and views, and uh, I'm hoping that diplomatic ways are, are able to quell all that. But uh, as you've seen, sometimes that that doesn't work. Uh, so it's always concerning because of uh, you know the presence of of different countries as well. So I think it's important that you know we. We support, you know, our country's decisions, and uh, we're ready to go anywhere we're needed. Absolutely. Final thoughts? 
Thanks so much for having me, Sheriff. And uh, I will say I was in the NOLA about three weeks ago. Uh, I was able to catch a Saints game in the Superdome, my very first one. And uh, I can tell you the fans are amazing. They're probably the best I've ever seen at an NFL game. And it was just a great experience. And the World War II Museum is incredible. And we truly appreciate the sport from, from the museum to all the veterans out there. Yeah, that, that that place is a real gem, and obviously the, there are no better fans than the Saints fans, and you hear that from a lot of folks that travel here, uh, you know, with opposing teams. They, they love coming here and spending time here. Again, thank you so much for your service. Thank you so much for what you do, and Happy New Year to you, and um, uh, stay safe. Yep, Happy New Year to you and all your listeners, Newell, and I truly appreciate the time that you've given us today. Take care. Thank you, sir. Colonel Sean Ryan, Director of Communications for Army Emergency Relief. If you have an interest in helping out, you can go to www.aerhq.org. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. We can go to the talk lines. Today's No Filter Friday. You got something to say. We want to hear it. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. It is No Filter Friday. Give us a call, 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Let's go to Don. Don, you're up. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for taking my call, Sheriff. Sheriff, I know my opinion. I'd like to get your opinion <clears throat> after I give mine, if you don't mind, uh, on this guy that jumped over the bench at the judge and is now refusing to go to court to face his new charges. I know what I would do, Sheriff, if I was if I was out there. He would get bagged and tagged, meaning he'd get shackled, handcuffed, and if he don't want to go, he don't get to refuse. You put him in that security chair. And you'll wheel him into the courtroom. And if you got to put the spit shield on him, you do that. But refusing to go after you act like that, not an option. You're going to face the music. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he may be talking some smack and refusing to go. I, I, don't, I think they'll end up doing exactly what you said. Um, and I think they need to throw the book at the guy. 
Uh, obviously, he did not like the fact that the judge was about to give him time in jail. He was hoping for a probation, and his lawyer was saying that he feels like he would be successful on probation. Well, we proved that wrong. He did not like anything that the judge was going to have to say to him, and um, actually – his true colors uh, were shining through, and, and now he's going to have to face the music, and hopefully they're going to hold him accountable for all of this. Thankfully, the judge uh, was not uh, seriously hurt. She was back to work um, the next day, uh, and kudos to her, Clark County District Court judge. And, um, you know, the, and, and they had a hard time getting control of this guy. They had two or three people on him, had another officer got his head all banged up, um, you know, he, he needs to pay the price, no doubt. He, he does, and, and, I, and, I, and people don't realize how dangerous it is to work in, the, in these jails as well as these courtrooms sometimes because they just think of the cops on the streets, which is a very dangerous job as well. But when you're in that courtroom, you're dealing with people who are about to go away for, any, for a couple of years to life, and they have nothing. They, they, at that moment, their emotions think they have nothing to lose. Yeah, to uh, sheriffs and others that refer to these folks as residents, um, that's a stretch. <laughs> when you see accents like that, I, it, there are a lot of things I would call this guy. It, resident would not be one of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, Sheriff. <laughs> Thank you for taking the call, Sheriff. All right, it's No Filter Friday. That's Don on the North Shore. Give us a call, 504-260-1870. Wanted to talk about um, so U.S. intelligence officials now have confirmed that Hamas used Gaza's Shifa Hospital as a terrorist command center. No big surprise, but if you were to listen to the mainstream media talk about this and talk about how they were blaming and criticizing the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces in the manner in which they were dealing with and uh, the threat as they knew it in these hospitals uh, and trying to make Israel out as the bad guy, now we know that the information that Israel basically put out there from the get-go and was wholesaling, you know, it was discounted by every mainstream media outlet out there uh, as propaganda, basically. Meanwhile, they're reporting numbers of uh, Palestinians killed by Hamas, who we, we should know by now, right, that they are experts and professionals in propaganda. And we report that as though it's solid, rock-solid information coming from them. This duality is, is just, it's actually sickening. And they really need to be brought uh, to account for all of this. And I think as this moves on, we're going to find that a, most, if not all, of what is being put out there by the IDF, and that's why they spend time videoing all of this, putting it all out there, because people just don't want to believe it. And I, I go back to the 43-minute video of what the what Hamas did on October 7th, that should be shown to everybody in the world so that there's no excuse so that we can attack the ignorance 
of people that saying that they've not seen it, they don't they they don't know what's true and and is not true. Well, let's give it to you in living color. And let's move beyond this. What I don't see though is the criticism for Hamas. I don't see the criticism coming from uh, the Palestinian community anywhere really criticizing Hamas for using their people as human shields and basically saying that they are part of an accepted casualty rate. They're the ones that put them in harm's way. Not the Israelis. Hamas. But you don't hear anybody criticizing these people. Setting up command centers in hospitals. They actually brought some of the hostages to the hospital that didn't need medical care, but they brought them there to secrete them there in the interim until they could move them to other areas. Especially, they started moving a lot of stuff out when they recognized that Israel was not going to be fooled or thwarted by going to the hospital, attacking them at the hospital, because they knew full well that if they didn't take out that lifeline, that bloodline, to the terrorist activities being committed by Hamas, that it would put their Israeli soldiers at risk. So I ask, where's the criticism where Hamas unilaterally, definitively, places Palestinians in danger. There's none. That's where we ought to be focusing, is that who created this situation? This criticism has really been misplaced. Just the other day, they were interviewing and debriefing a doctor, uh, the head of Gaza's Kamal Adwan Hospital, Ahmad Kalat, admitted to Israeli investigators that his hospital was doubling as a terrorist command center. That's two hospitals. The head of the Shifa hospital that I was just talking to, Abu Salmiya, had also been arrested by the Israeli security service for his role in providing cover to Hamas at his medical facility. Now, we're, we're supposed to feel sorry for these people? They made the conscious intentional decision to place themselves at risk in support of a terrorist organization. And not a single one of them have said that they were compelled to do so by Hamas. So they're complicit. But where, where's the criticism of these doctors? God, you didn't hear any of it. These doctors as well made the conscious decision to put their patients, their kids that are patients, the teenagers that are patients, the adults, the senior citizens that that are patients at risk. They knew the risk. They assessed the risk and they intentionally decided to do so. So for some reason, at some point in time, And this demented thought process of these individuals, they all thought 
that was worth it. So who's criticizing them? Little or no one. We'll be right back. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Tax Line. Give us a shout. It's No Filter Friday. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, folks. We'll go to the talk lines. Greg, you're up. Welcome to the show. Greg, are you there? The first page of my letter. I guess uh, Greg's not there. Let's uh, go to uh, Frank then. Frank, welcome to the show. Hello? Yeah, Frank, go ahead. All right. Okay, listen, sir. I said I apologize because after we just talked about mine, sounds so minuscule of an issue. Anyway, calling about the West Bank Expressway and Harvey and Marrero. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what's going on under the expressway, where the state and the parish are trying to eliminate panhandling. Do you know yes. what's going on? Yes. Okay. My question is, what genius came up with the idea of putting broken rock sticking out of the ground that people standing on a curb could fall or people walking could fall and lacerate themselves up to the name? But it got worse. I don't know if you know. They put a retaining wall with a one-inch steel plate coming out of it with points on the edge of it about four feet high. All they're looking for to do now is people sitting back complaining, not complaining, looking at it and go, See, if I fall there, my lawsuit would be the state and the parish because this has now become a hazard. I mean, if you did, if you did this in a business, the parish wouldn't approve you doing it. The code wouldn't let you let you do it. How can the state get away with it? Because it's dangerous under there. Uh, I'm not going to walk around. I don't. I don't know necessarily that 
the connection you're making between point A and point B is exactly that clear of a path from a from a legality standpoint. Um, well, the fact of the matter is they're trying a, bu- a bunch of different measures in order to make it uncomfortable right. for folks to go pitch a, a tent or camp out or or lay around Man-hand. underneath uh, their panhandling and just leaving trash and having to constantly follow up with them. Um, they actually were Not cleaning out one of, the, one of the homeless camps, and they, they actually ran over an individual that was in a tent that they thought had been cleared. Uh, I don't know if they were trying to secrete themselves or otherwise, but the fact of the matter is it's a challenge. Look, I applaud the effort. I don't know that the execution, I haven't seen what you're talking about, but I will go see it um, maybe before Monday so that I'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, But I applaud the effort. Uh, You know, you give an inch, they take a foot. uh, You give a foot, they take a yard. And unless you're intrusive and you're in there uh, every day, moving folks along, making sure that and making it clear that this is not an allowed exercise uh, in the parish of Jefferson, um, it it will thrive uh, because that area underneath the overpass protects uh, uh, folks from the elements and everything else, and, and they want to take advantage of that. Um, I'm not disagreeing with anything you said. They got to be. My statement is: there's got to be somebody that's smart enough that built that could build something different than putting jagged rocks and a steel plate up in the air. There's got to be something better than that. Even if you just do simply something like building something three foot high, the width of the the, the, the median, not the median, yeah. but the, the the area where they panhandle, where they can't stand on it. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know if there is or there isn't, but I I'll opine on it when I see it. Uh, for myself, I know what they're trying to accomplish. I've seen what other areas have done, uh, some of that uh, very similar, I'm sure. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that they did their homework and looked around to see what has been successful in, in other areas, and that's why they're deploying it here. I did have uh, Senator Pat Connick on about it. He's, he's one of the uh, elected officials that has really uh, gone to the forefront on this issue. And we just got to try something because we, they push them out, they come back, they push them out, they come back. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but I applaud the effort for sure. Thank you, Frank, for the call. Let, let's go to uh, Clyde. Clyde, you're up. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. No, no. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about, uh, I've been going up slide out quite often lately, and I've been noticing they got the New Orleans police right when you get in uh, – New Orleans East, they went aside with their lights on, and I'm, I'm both going east and west. And, you know, it's obvious that they're trying to slow people down, evidently, trying to let people know. Please. But it's not, uh, to me, every time I go by them, they got people going like 80, 90 miles an hour, blowing right by them. I don't see the point. If you're, going to, if you're going to do something, that's fine. But if you're just going to sit there and you're going to watch them, and they're like they taunt in front of them, they just blowing by them. What's the point of wasting two officers just sitting there kind of? Uh, I don't see the point. That's how I'm trying to get across. And we're talking about manpower. I, 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 don't, I don't know what their strategy they're trying to deploy. Um, we have utilized a similar strategy in shopping corridors during the holidays. They may be there on a grant program. I know that there is some construction that's going on. 
um, more likely than not, they're probably working for those construction companies trying to get people to slow down so they wouldn't be there to go take down automobiles, uh, folks that are speeding. And it could just be simply that they're more there as a sign of you're entering a has, you know, right. an area that has I'm some hazards. So without knowing exactly what the purpose is, it's, it's hard for me to opine on, on what it is. I, I wouldn't discount it right off the bat like that because it, it could serve any number of roles. Right. And I, I see your point with that, but most of the time I'm seeing, I'm not seeing any construction and it's at the even time, you know, where it's, it's uh, even in traffic most of the time. So, yeah. and I just think it's a way. Well, I know, I know they sure. deployed that strategy and trying to eliminate, you know, to, to create a presence, uh, to be very overt that there's a presence uh, because a lot of the drive-by shootings they were having on the interstate. Right. Um, exactly. And, right. And that they that they are actually on the interstate and in a position to more quickly respond uh, to to that. Um, it's been a challenge in the east, and as you pointed out before, any time that there's uh, human capital uh, deficiencies where you don't have enough people, um, you you have to try different things that might not ordinarily you would try, uh, and and that's a challenge, obviously. Hey. But but again, right, I I applaud the effort for sure, because right. I mean we I'm you know sure. everybody's everybody's trying to find um, probably a poor choice of word, but the silver bullet, right? You know, the, the panacea solution, it's something that's going to make a difference. So, Clyde, thank you so much for the call. Let's go to James. James, you're up. Welcome to the show. Well, good morning, Newell. Uh, this weekend significant start of Mardi Gras season down here. Wonderful time. But also mm-hmm. tomorrow, January the 6th, the third anniversary of what I believe to be the third most vicious attacks on the United States. December the 7th, 1941, the first, Pearl Harbor. September 11th, 2001, 9-11, the attack, World Trade Center, the Pentagon. But those were by foreign enemies. On January 6th, three years ago, almost, on 2021, the Trump MAGA mob, attacked our country's capital by thousands of domestic enemies inspired by Trump in his attempt to overturn a presidential election based on his big lie that the election was stolen. And from your perspective as a former uh, police officer, 174 and sheriff, 174 Capitol police officers were injured, 15 hospitalized, three died as a result of the attack, fighting off these domestic terrorists, and three four... Did, three did not die as a result of the attack. Well, there was medical conditions that brought about by the attack, is what I understand. Yeah, so that, that's a falsity, so move on. Okay, well, these, they're dead. They're dead police officers. Mm-hmm. And four died by suicide after the attack. So let's never forget, and then, you know, the fourth, in my opinion, is in May of uh, 1995, the attack on the Oklahoma City, the attack Oklahoma City bombing on that government building. So the last two were done by domestic enemies, all of whom are government haters. I served in the military. You served in the police force for decades. These people don't like the government. They hate the government, and especially this MAGA mob. You know, to me, it's a constant threat, so and you, I sure you, hell let me, hope. Let, 
So, so let's let's talk about things in balance. Then on the left, they have just as many <clears throat> folks that don't like the government either, right? You would admit to of that, of course. Okay. They're, right. they're, you know, you wanna, on you the left, talk about the, on the left, yes. when we talk about the act of what uh, started this whole thing at, relative to the certifying certifying electors. You do realize that in almost every case where a Republican was elected, that Democrats in both the House and the Senate both went to the, to the mic and both advocated for not certifying electors. You would agree to that? Uh, if you're talking about the earlier election with with uh, uh, with uh, Hillary, is that the one, 2000? I mean, not no. 2016, rather? No, when Bush was elected uh, as, okay. as president. They, there were those on the left that went to the mic in both the House and the Senate and, and advocated for not certifying electors. Now, to put it in perspective, did they attack not, not, Well, the let's not know. We're not going there yet. You would admit that that, in fact, occurred, right? It, that was an administrative attempt, yes. Right. An administrative attempt. What would you call the president, and I don't agree with him when Trump did it, and I called him out for it, what would you call what he did with Mike Pence? Was that an administrative attempt? What he wanted Pence to do? He wanted he wanted uh, Pence to break the law? Is that what you're saying? Is it an by, administrative by not, by not attempt? The where he, want, he thought that, that Pence had the authority to yes. not certify the, the electors. And Pence had a constitutional duty to count those ballots, and Trump wanted him to disobey the Constitution. Same, Is that correct? Same thing that the left was asking for when they okay. went to the mic, and they didn't want them to certify electors at that point in time, correct? Right. But don't you agree? So, right so my point is simply the, this, is that we have knuckleheads on both sides that feel like for their own ideological political purposes have the right to articulate to violate the US Constitution to violate the principles of democracy to ask of elected officials in powers of position to do things that they're not otherwise authorized to do so when we refer to Trump what I don't like about the way that people characterize this and I'm not a Trump fan is that it? this is some novel approach, and it's anything but that. We can go back for decades when folks on both sides of the aisle were advocating for not certifying electors. So the level of hypocrisy is all over the place. How the public responded to it on January 6th and what we did by moving into those uh, government buildings is not acceptable. It wasn't acceptable that day. It's not acceptable on any day. The hallmark of this country is to have a peaceful transition of power. And that's one of the things that separates us from a third world country. And on January 6th, that separation was not that wide. I will admit that. I'm embarrassed about it. It needs to happen in an ordered and structured way. But the beauty of January 6th, if there is one outcome, is that people realize that it's not going to happen again. And there was a peaceful transition. No matter what Donald Trump may have been trying to accomplish or not, I'm not in his mind. But it happened in spite of 
the most powerful man in the country attempting maybe something otherwise. We'll be right back. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. When we come back after the top of the news break, we will visit with Tan Trung, WWL multimedia journalist who has released a new podcast, and we'll visit with him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.